Hello, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn, a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive and beyond with theme music by Jasula. Find out more about her work at jasula.com. And today I am pleased to have with me Adam from RPG Kitchen. He is the founder of this fantastic organization. Say hey, Adam. Hey, hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about RPG Kitchen and the frankly incredible work that y'all do? <laughs> Thank you. So RPG Kitchen is a, a social enterprise. It's a bit like a charity, but it's cheaper. It's easy to run. <laughs> it's the honest thing. Great. Um, so it's like a not-for-profit, except it's a for-profit. But the important thing is the profits mm-hmm. go to the community. So that's a very long-winded way of saying it's a, a business that supports its community. Uh, and in our case, the community is uh, role-playing RPG creators. So our objective is to help RPG creators to earn a living income. If we do happen to make any excess profit, uh, that goes to hunger charities to uh, reduce world hunger. Hmm. How, how, like, what is the, what is the for-profit portion? Like, how do you, how do you make your funds? So at the minute, I'm just in the middle of putting together or putting the final work together on a a new shop. It's going to be a PDF shop, a bit like drive-through or itch, very similar to those, um, dealing PDFs only. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we've got some secret source, which is going to allow people to, to rent PDFs. So someone can say borrow a Hmm. pdf for a month and the creator can safely allow that person to borrow that product for a month and at the end of that time they can either buy Hmm. it and uh, i think it's nice because if they've rented it then you take that off the cost so if they then subsequently buy it then it's cheaper the the product itself is mostly games like like ttrpgs and things like that or is it other stuff as well yeah, it's, it's all RPG-based. It's entirely focused on RPGs. But the, the, the product itself might be a game. It might be a module. It could be mm-hmm. a so-called splat book. You know, it could be a book of classes or a book of magic spells, something like that. It could be anything for role-playing. Nice. Uh, so like, what is what, what was your drive uh, behind creating this organization? So I'll give you the, uh, the medium length story. The, the long story is far too long for this, but... <laughs> okay. <laughs> the medium version is that um, RPG Kitchen was originally going to be an online editor for making role-playing game books. So a bit mm. like Google Docs that we've got mm-hmm. here. Um, but specifically... Yeah, we, we, we were using that to prepare a little bit. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so like that, but specifically for RPG books. So it does things like linking and indexing. I don't know, tables of items. It's, it's basically had some intelligence built into it because it knows what a role-playing book is and what it's like. Mm. So I started making that years ago for myself, um, and that's because I was working on my game, and it was a very crunchy game, and there was many working um, moving pieces. And I was building yeah. spreadsheets and documents. I had stuff everywhere. It was terrible. And I looked around, <laughs> did the traditional web developer th- thing, looked around, couldn't find anything that did what I needed, so decided yeah. to do it. And then sometime later, I've been working on this thing. I was like, well, okay, this is cool, but it's going to help, you know, maybe six people in the world ever. You know, it's <laughs> it's very specific. It's very niche. It's for people who are making crunchy RPGs and need mm-hmm. to hold everything together for them. But then I was chatting to someone at dinner and I was like, 
I can use the profits for a good cause. And I already had the name, weirdly. It was already called RPG Kitchen. Interesting. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I, I could make this a good cause. I could use this money to help feed the hungry. Um, I thought, well, that's brilliant. That's Now there's a good reason to do it. I can continue. Because at that point, I was I was close to giving it up. It was like, well, there's no point. But mm. that was like six years ago or something like that. I've gone through a long process. Wow. I have a full-time job. I have a family. I have other things I have to do. Of course. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I launched a library. That was the initial thing. So RPG Kitchen patrons could um, use the library. And there was a few PDFs online and they got access to them in a kind of library, in a kind of Netflix model. Um, but I don't think mm-hmm. got it. I, I think having a Netflix-like model for RPG book PDFs just didn't sink in. <laughs> that's, I mean, I got. I guess that's complicated. I, I feel like the uh, the biggest organizational place I've found for RPGs um, that aren't Dungeons and Dragons is uh, Itch. It seems mm. like that's like the biggest place to find games, but that's not really a rental place. That's kind of like a buy as you go scenario. Yeah, I like Itch. Itch is brilliant. The only thing from my perspective is because it's, I mean, it was originally built for video games and they've kind of tacked mm. RPGs on the side. It's not quite as focused as I'd like, but... Mm-hmm. That's the angle I'm coming on that. I think it's just great. Sure. But um, yeah, yeah. And I guess there's also like drive through RPG in a number of different uh, locations, but also mm-hmm. like this system will also feed the hungry, which <laughs> sounds pretty great. So like, so which organization, like how, what is your process for feeding the hungry with your proceeds? Uh, yeah. Like, well, are you working with an organization or are you? I'm so for curious. now what it would be, um, so I would like ultimately for us to do, our own work there but at the moment there's it's the scale isn't there so for now the the profits will go to action against hunger who are an established global charity and they help their communities to um not just feed them but to eradicate hunger and kind of dig into the causes and uh, improve things rather than just giving food i mean giving food is good but if you can eradicate the causes and make everything better then that's even better so they do that yeah we're going to support them but ultimately one day you never know so it sounds like you've been working on this for six years and have many more kind of to go in your future a little bit too. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. It's um, It's been a long journey. It's been a very long journey, lots of ups and downs, but the shop should be launching in the next two or three months. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's getting very close. It's very close. Is there anything particularly exciting that's going on with RPG Kitchen right now? Yeah, so the um, as well as the shop, been working on a small games day it's been Mm -hmm. been hard because it was originally going to be an indie games day but then in our hobby indie is quite a loaded term that's it doesn't mean the same thing to everyone and Mm. uh, really what i want to do is support creators who need the support (laughs) that's really what it is (laughs) right (laughs) like i don't need to support this is the coast paizo are fine they're really good yeah they're happy right you're you're looking to support like people who are making games on their own yeah yeah, but yeah. how do you say that in one or two words? I don't know. If you got any ideas, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I think it's called Small Games Day is coming up in, in March. So that's going to be kind of low-key, not like your full-on convention or your online conventions you get these days with booths and stuff, virtual booths. That just confuse me, confuses me. This is going to be, basically, I'll be providing the groundwork and organization so that people can run their games. <laughs> that's what it boils down to. So people can play test, demo, depending which stage they're in, or just, you know, it could be an established game. It's been around, but they want to get more people playing it. So that's the idea, bring people together to play 
the smaller games. Like a massive the... play testing event, essentially. Yeah, yeah, like that, yeah. Oh, I like that. And it's going to be in, like international. I mean, online is essentially international at this point, but yeah, it's internationally be... based, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be international and there's going to be like it's happening on um, Saturday, March 13th. But the Saturday is flexible because wow. there'll be so many time zones so that, you know, by the time it finishes, I'm hoping it's going to be Sunday here in the UK. But it'll still <laughs> be going because, you know, it'll be Saturday afternoon in America. Right? Yeah, that's so interesting um, because from for, from a U.S. standpoint, from a personal standpoint in Brooklyn, um, my... Uh, quarantine so my working from home my doing all of this for the pandemic started on march 13 march 13 was my last day in the office of really? last year oh, so um i've been wondering what that's going to be like when it comes up maybe i'll just instead of you know sitting around and thinking about what a bizarre year it's been in the united states i'll um or bizarre, I should say, bad. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a bad year it's been in the United States. Yeah. I will maybe I'll you know help out some people who are who've been creating the course of this time. That sounds yeah. re- like a really better use of time to me. <laughs> um, so cool. Is there a place people can sign up for that? Uh, at the moment, I'm arranging that through Twitter. Uh, I needed to know how many people were interested before I started getting too formal because I wasn't sure if I was going to. Sure. Get- two people or 20 or 200 and obviously it's somewhere in the middle but it's looking like maybe <laughs> 50 or 80 people interested in running games so that's pretty good so i'll be okay. putting together a real quick sign up sheet and sharing that on twitter soon yeah i mean that's significant that's a significant number of games right there and if you need like at least two players for the games then that's a lot <laughs> of people who are going to be playing them too yeah um, yeah fantastic what is, so what is your personal experience with gaming yeah so i started with um as as a few people have done, I started with Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. when I was about thirteen. It was it was quite funny. There was some kids playing in the school library, and I was like, "Oh, what's this game all about?" They wouldn't let me play at first. They were just telling me to get away. Yeah, I know. Oh, rude. Yeah, very rude. But <laughs> it's it's terrible. Tweens, you know. <laughs> yes, it's terrible, really. But it's quite a funny story now that uh, basically the GM of the game got me to do errands for him in real life. But he was awarding me in-game XP. So okay. it's kind of almost like a rite of passage. It's like, oh, go here and do this and do this for me. And I was like, oh, okay, I just want to play this game. So wow. I, I these, so, uh, so it sounds like your first experience was a, was a live-action role-play then, as opposed <laughs> to the Dragons. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, this I remember it went on over several weeks. And then um, the funny thing is, by the time they let me join... I'd, I'd earned so much in-game XP by doing like real-world chores and jobs and random dares and stuff that I had more XP than anyone else. So my character was higher level than the rest of the party. <laughs> I'd never played this game before. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> Amazing. Did you stick with that group? Yeah. Uh, in fact, I still game with one of those guys now. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's great. And I'm so glad. I feel like I'm, I'm so skeptical of the way that they they the the way that you got into the game. Um, but I'm I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Um, I, I don't play with that GM anymore, but I still play with one of the other original players. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Okay. So that's how I got into it. And then yeah, I played a lot of D and D, and then a lot of Shadowrun, and then I guess through my mid-teens, I did a lot of fairly improv stuff. Like me and my friends would just decide to uh, role play, like Ninja Turtles movie. I mean, we had technically the Ninja Turtles RPG, 
it would just okay we'd make everything up and we'd make up rules and then next week we'd play play another cartoon or you know a saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. which is like right i'm gonna be so-and-so i'll be so-and-so and then someone will start gming and off we go and, amazing yeah it was a good time good times and uh you're creating your own games now though so yes yeah. expanded past that yeah i think well actually so I, yeah, started D&D when I was 13, started working on my own first game when I was 16. I remember that, staying up to the early hours of the morning with my friend, uh, making some kind of Space Marines RPG. I don't really re- remember much more about it than that, but yeah, I've been working on Ninth Soul now for a few years, and it's it's really starting to come together. Um, <laughs> I do Exciting. Yeah, it's really, it is exciting. I, I do sometimes, I must confess, I do sometimes get jealous. I see people who are like, I've been playing DD for a year. I just found this game. Here's my game I've published. It's amazing. I'm like, how did you do that in a year? <laughs> Whereas, I, I mean, I this is like my 12th game or something. And um, I think I just, I started off really, really bad at game design. Mm. Unfortunately, over many, many iterations, I've got better at it. I've had a few people who've played Night Soul now, and some of them have even come back to play again. So, you know, okay. that's, that's the main thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Creativity is at all different paces. Something that I think about is how, yeah, I mean, similarly, there's sometimes like I'll read books and I'm like, how did you do this? <laughs> or like, how does someone like create this thing? And it's like, yeah, I mean, people do it at different speeds and in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I've been slow. I, I can accept that as long as I get there in the end. That's fine. Um, well, uh, we here at Gameplay Radio wish you the best of luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Well, uh, we should make sure to spend a little bit of time also playing a game because that's the name of the show and that's what we're going to be doing. I'm quite excited for the game we're going to be playing today. Uh, But before we do, there are a couple of things that I need to let our lovely listeners know as, you know, part of being in Radio Free Brooklyn. So let's do that real quick. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City and check out a live tour every Saturday at 10 a.m. on Instagram.com slash cityrunningtours. If you go out, please wear a mask and also bundle up. It's super cold this weekend. We also should let you know. That Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We will rely primarily on donations from listeners like you, as it has been for so, so many. 2020 was a difficult year for us financially, and every dollar helps us to stay on the air and allows us to continue our work with the community and make shows like mine. Hey, uh, please help by pledging whatever you can. Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate. Alrighty, folks, it's game time. <laughs> Boy, am I curious about how this is going to go today. Today, my lovely guest Adam and I are going to be playing uh, Melwaf, which stands for My Exciting Life with a Fantasy Foreigner. This game was created by Julian Kulek, 
the premise is this description that I'm just going to read out for you here. This is a story where worlds collide, where Earth discovers that we're not alone in the universe. There's another world called Epica, with dragons and magic, dungeons, trolls and tunnels, so many sorts of fantasies, and they arrive in our world quietly and curiously. But this isn't a story of war, invasion, or violence. There are battles, sure, but they're battles to get a cheap deal at the market while it's still less, or trying to make the best cake for a birthday, or trying to admit that maybe you really are into that holy night that's working at the office. This is a story of everyday conflicts and victories won, of foibles and shenanigans, of coming to understanding strangers and find acceptance. And also, your roommate might be a devil. So it's kind of an interesting fantasy scenario of immigration. A little bit more structure here is that governments face a real dilemma with all of this. This is also kind of still reading off of it. The newcomers from Epica aren't hostile, well, they could be troublesome. Um, moreover, a public reaction could make dealing with them extremely complicated. And so the Mystery Integration Bureau, the MIB, was formed to find quote-unquote hosts to introduce and integrate newcomers from the world of Epica. The MIB hold them to a basic code to keep them from upending modern society. So it's like a hosting program, essentially. People from the fantasy world of Epica are going to be placed in the homes of people who live on Earth and will be supported by a bureau aide as they go about their lives and try to help each other out. Typically, this game is run with three or more players. We are two today, so we're going to be <laughs> adjusting the rules a little bit, but I think we figured out a system that's going to work and you'll see that as it goes. The mechanics of it are that you're going to need a deck of tarot cards. Although interestingly, it's more about the numbers on the cards than it is about the actual like reading of them. I mean, although it does come into play with like a special chart for Major Arcana for the Bureau Aid. Again, this is a pretty, this is a surprisingly crunchy game in some ways but hopefully you'll get it as we go. For the most part, it is storytelling based, and we are going to be telling a story of two characters that we've created. Um, we did work together to make the Bureau Aid because we have to have one. So I guess we should start with introducing our characters. We went through ahead of time of making these characters. There's this whole guide that is included in the Melwaf manual uh, which guides you in how to do that. Um, no stats needed. Yeah, I think we should all introduce our characters. And then we'll go from there. Adam, you want to introduce yours first? Sure, yes. So uh, I took the Epica resident. And I've gone with Thor, a.k.a. Uh, James Jim Thorson. You can't see the air quotes there, but Jim Thorson. Uh, he's totally covered up his, his, his name there. And his role uh, is Thunder God. Role is a thing from the game. Could be like a, a vampire or a warrior or something, but he's, he's a Thunder God. And uh, he has the dream. He, he wants to open his own ice cream shop, uh, selling handmade ice cream made on site to his own recipe, because he's, he's quite the cook. Nice. Yeah. And he, he, his goals, he, he wants to gain some Right, so short-term goals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He has terrible fashion sense. He hasn't figured out Earth fashion yet. The clothing, what you do with it, exactly how it's supposed to go together. He doesn't understand it. And he also wants to re win respect from as many people as possible. Uh, in my version of Thor, I've made him the youngest of about 400 siblings. So uh, 
even though he is a thunder god and incredibly powerful by uh, earth standards by his own kind of uh, needle he's you know pretty down the pecking order so he he likes to, to win respect from people and he likes ice cream obviously and he likes the the sound of rain and thunder crashing down upon his enemies he dislikes people who multitask that's just not on and i borrowed from beth who will hear about in a minute uh people who aren't real he doesn't like fake people in the same way that right Bethany doesn't. yeah we're, we're required to have common ground between our characters uh which means that you get to like you basically copy one of the other person's likes dislikes or qualities so that's where that gets you. as for his qualities he is built like a brick outhouse he is your kind of avengers thor so he's a chunky fella uh he's also <laughs> a great cook so that's good negative qualities i've i've already mentioned those in terms of the goals but he's the youngest of nearly 400 siblings and he has terrible fashion sense great in balance with that have created my earth residence uh her name is bethany stevens uh pronouns she her and she works at a paint and sip so she's a paint and sip instructor uh, her overall dream is to become an artist in residence at the Museum of Modern Art, um, but her day-to-day -day goals are to find the perfect model for painting and to get into a popular meditation class where all the artists hangs out uh, once she figures out how meditation actually works. She also, uh, through the Bureau Aid, side note, there, the Bureau Aid also has goals for our characters, so we have to incorporate those as well. So the Bureau Aid's goal for... Uh, Bethany is to avoid exploitative people like a Dr. Baxter. She likes gossip and pretty people. She dislikes people who aren't real. Uh, her positive qualities are that she's great at braiding hair. Uh, she has a rich aunt with access to rich people clubs. And uh, just like Thor, she's a great cook. Negative quality, she's a terrible judge of character and she takes everything extremely literally. A couple more details here. Bethany is 24. She is white with blonde hair. She wears mostly jeggings with long flowy tunic tops and belts. And, you know, because she's good at braiding hair, she braids hers, of course, all the time. She took on the role of host to Epica Residence because she thought it'd be fun and interesting and like a fun way to quote unquote experience life, you know, like 24 year olds do. And also, you know, she's doing it because her rich aunt said she'd pay some of the costs of a new place if she did it so she could get a place with a room for an art studio. So that's that's Bethany. <laughs> And then if we had a third person, they would be playing a bureau aide, but we made this character together. Uh, we have Agent L. We didn't choose pronouns for Agent L, but I'm, I'm, get, I'm going with they, them. Mm. Nods from Adam, great. Goals are, you know, as we previously mentioned, I think Agent L uh, is hoping that Bethany avoids the exploitations of Dr. Baxter and thinks that Thor needs to reassess his relationship with Loki. Our aide, dislikes homophobia and racism chaos and people who don't handle their shit but they do like order and organization positive qualities they are a mechanic and they show the same level of regard to everyone so everyone's like baseline respected and then negative qualities they are impatient and have a tendency to eat fast food so those are those are our three characters today Right. Okay. So, for, so for starting the game, there's there's some like decision deciding here. But first, we need to each pick from our deck of cards. So, as I said, we're using a tarot deck, and that tarot deck has actually been sorted into three different decks, uh, which are going to be used by different characters. So, for the Earth deck, that deck is made out of cups and pentacles because we like to fill our cups and 
fuck with shit, I guess. Um, the Epica deck is Swords and Wands. And then the third deck is uh, For the Aid. It's also called the Fate deck. Um, and this is all major arcana cards. So I have sorted my tarot deck into three different stacks here. And I'm going to be like digitally sharing them with Adam because we're not even in the same country, but we will figure it out. Okay, so we each need to draw three cards. So uh, let me draw three here for myself. I don't think they need to be a secret, but it's a bit like poker in a way and the way that they're added up later. It's the best way I can explain it. But, and we're going to be basically trading them over the course of the storytelling. So I'm going to, I have my three cards here and I'm just going to draw three for Adam and send them to him. So we're doing the thing. Okay, great. So you have your cards. I have my cards. I don't think we need to worry about uh, bureau cards yet. Generally, at this point in the action, if you have a lot of players, you place down a card and whoever has the highest value card becomes the central character. And the second highest will become, like, will create the scene order and, like, you'll share turns and stuff like that. But because there are only two of us, uh, we kind of agreed ahead of time. And, you know, because it seems most apt to me to have the guest be the central character, we're going to have Thor be our central character for today. This means that... Over the course of whatever time we have left, we're going to be um, supporting and trying to complete one of Thor's dreams or goals. And that will be the central dilemma of the episode today. Uh, do you want to pick one? <laughs> yeah, let's go with gain some fashion sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Okay. So now uh, we start playing the episode. So the episode is broken into... An intro, three acts, and an outro. The intro involves a central character and all the other characters as they introduce their current situations, and the central character introduces and emphasizes the goal at hand. Uh, this, this can be kept light and short as it's the main role just to set the stage. If you want to step up and give a little flourishes to what you're looking for here. Yeah, so what I was saying earlier, Thor doesn't really get the costumes as such of Earth much more used to wearing, you know, plate mail and a cloak. But when it comes to Earth, he hasn't figured things out and hasn't really had to worry about colors and styles and stuff before. Mm-hmm. He's kind of gone with whatever. He's kind of just worn random collections of stuff, you know, drawn the odd look. But as he's a bit of a chunky guy, not many people actually say anything to him. So actually, that's maybe a good place to start. Someone actually telling him that he's doing it wrong because maybe he doesn't know <laughs> i'm picturing this as if it's like kind of like setting the scene for like a, a play on a theater stage um and okay. i'm imagining that they're in like uh the apartment that uh he and bethany share uh and yeah. is kind of monologuing this and then to the side like bethany's like sitting in her in like her art studio like painting something that is not really that good. Just she seems just kind of haphazardly doodling. Her, like she's just. I, I imagine she like looks up and she's like, "Oh my god, hi." <laughs> um, so Thor keeps looking at my outfits, and I'm really curious about like I, like I don't understand his fashion sense, but like I think we need to pay attention to that right now, <laughs> and like that's her that's her contribution. <laughs> Okay, cool. Yes. Okay. 
Great. Well, let's get into the acts. <laughs> so the first yeah. act, uh, the bureau aide actually starts by declaring a scene with the central character as the spotlight. And then uh, each player takes turns in, you know, declaring scenes until all of us have gone. So I think essentially that means we're going to be kind of declaring scenes together. So we'll, we're sharing the bureau aid. So I have a feeling we're, there will be three declarations per act since there are like two of us where we're sharing the bureau aid. Um, okay. When you declare a scene, you can actually declare multiple different types of scenes. Uh, you can declare trouble, a kindness, introspection, a flashback, or a learning opportunity. So you can kind of declare whatever you want, um, but the bureau aid goes first. Uh, which of us should control the bureau aid first? Do you want to go? Yeah, sure. Why not? So I'm just yeah. sorry. I'm just looking to the list. Yeah, it's oh, a, it's a really interesting list of like stuff here because essentially it like adds a little scenario for the central character to engage with and whoever's involved. And then at the end, there's some sort of engagement of uh, tarot cards because that's the mechanic that will come into play at the end of this hour. Maybe Thor's just out there happily going about his day, and then he he comes across some like school kids, and school kids being school kids are quite willing to tell him that what he's wearing is you know rubbish and they're just going to laugh at him and stuff Aww. and that's maybe how he kind of real begins to realize that he has a problem with his fashion sense no one's no one's said it to his face before but all of a sudden these you know a bus a busload of kids will just be pointing and laughing <laughs> so this sounds a little bit like a like a flashback or an introspection so so an introspection is essentially an inner monologue for the like for the for the main character to describe about the situation or a flashback is when the main character like speaks about a past experience they've had often with the declarer but i you know our bureau aid is kind of just a vehicle at this point so i guess it could be an introspection i mean that from from what you've described that's what it kind of sounds like to me okay because um the, from the other stuff, like, so a trouble and a kindness and a learning often involve, like, an engagement with the person who is declaring that action. So, like, it could be a learning experience if, like, the Bureau aide saw this and then, like, taught you a new like, dislike, or quality in relation to that moment or something like that. Okay. What are you feeling? Introspection? Yes, let's go with that, yeah. Great. Uh, you can discard one of your cards and draw a card from the same deck. You want the numbers of the cards in your hands to be high. The higher, like, the quality of cards in your hand, the better. Okay. Um, and if you have cards that are not numbered, a page or a jack is an 11, a knight is a 12, and a king or a queen is a 13. Nice. Uh, so you can discard one of yours, and then I'll draw another from your Epico deck, since you only have Epico cards. Okay, yeah, why not? That's... Um... Let's discard my seven of wands and hope to get something higher. All right, I'll draw that for you. Okay, we have a new card. So now um, both Bethany and Thor get to establish scenes as well. And I guess I'll go next. Okay, <laughs> this one's going to be pretty straightforward. I'm, I'm going to declare a kindness, which means that I, I get to show you, like, you know, fulfill a, or a quality or something, or I get to demonstrate something of Bethany's. So Bethany is going to see Thor, you know, kind of maybe wandering about the apartment, maybe moping about a little bit about his fashion sense and a little confused. And Bethany's going to go. And Bethany's just going to, like, 
keep them company and then say, oh my God, do you want like a braiding lesson? We should totally like, I'd like, I can, I can braid your hair because <laughs> she's really good at braiding hair. And so she is going to give Thor some sweet little, he's going to, she's going to like braid like a little like crown for him, so, like around the, around, like around the head with, I'm not sure how long Thor's hair is. I'm assuming it's long enough for braiding. Why not? It is now, so, is. <laughs> uh, and so that's kind of, like, so she just kind of, like, spends an afternoon, like, chattering away about, like, the gossip that she's, like, heard and, and like, braiding and stuff like that. <laughs> that is her kindness. Do you agree that the kindness was heartfelt? Because you get to decide if that was good or not for you. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Great. So that means that you give me a card... Okay, cool. Uh, and then you draw a new one to replace it. So um, why don't you... What card are you going to give me? Uh, I'm going to give you the uh, queen. Queen? Okay. That's very nice of you. And now you get to draw um, a new card to replace it. So I'll draw another one for you. Okay. And now you get to declare a scenario. Okie dokie. Also, I will say at, at a certain point, you are going to need an earth card. Um, because that's how the game works, just for, for rules for later. You want an even distribution of both, of Earth cards and Epica cards. Okay. So um, if you want to find a way to get that for yourself, I'd recommend Yeah. That. Okay, I was thinking maybe um, when Bethany was gossiping to Thor, maybe her dislike of people who aren't real came up. And while she was gossiping, she was maybe complaining... Maybe not complaining outright, but mentioning people that she'd come across who were who were fake and yeah. So um, as as okay. a kind of thank you as a kind of thank you for the, uh, the the kind words and the braiding, Thor's going to try and pay, pay it back to Bethany by um, just allowing kind of digging into um, these fake people and what they've done and what it means to her and hopefully. Um, Allowing her to get some stuff off her chest that has been bothering her. Oh, me. So, um, so like another kindness scenario. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah of... So a mutual kindness. I will accept that kindness, <laughs> uh, and give you a card. Cool. Um, and then I need to draw a new card to replace that for myself. Okay. Okay. Great. So that's that's an act one. <laughs> okay. Um. Now we go into Act 2, and I think now we're going to go in reverse order. Oh, wait, hold on. At the start of the second act, the Bureau Aid starts it by playing a Fate card. Because I didn't draw any cards for the Bureau, and I can't remember when I was supposed to do that, I'm just going to randomly draw from this deck of Fate cards, and we're going to see what happens. Yeah. I got the Hanged Man. Oh, that's good. Which, (laughs) from this chart... Okay, so we're supposed to implement the twist. Yeah. Because there are two categories here. So we'll be, there's like a, there's a, like a whole table of things for all these different major arcana cards. So the twist for the hangman is, um, it says, describe a risky action that profits everybody else, I guess. So what would the Bureau Aid do that would, that would help everyone else in this fashion scenario? (laughs) Is it, is it weird that I want them to like, confiscate like i don't know clothing <laughs> or something no, that's, that's... i don't know how that's risky 
it's kind of it's kind of hard to get a feel for what this means how this kind of ties in or how it ties together i think it just adds it kind of mixes things up a little bit so in the in the broader picture i mean if this is the aid and their you know their job is broader than just um thor and bethany then maybe it relates more broadly maybe they're doing something yeah maybe agent l has seen some maybe corruption in their organization and they've Mm. taken action they're personally taking action to kind of dramatic yeah to kind of stamp out this corruption how does that profit everybody else i mean besides obviously stamping out corruption they they managed to um maybe they managed to trap this corrupt person in 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 the act or got them to say something and then got them kicked out and this person they kicked out was um influential in policy and they were changing policies and it was going to be bad for everyone but agent l has kind of single-handedly kind of gone in kind of tricked them trapped them and got them kicked out changed the tide whenever it comes to these new policies yeah maybe Ooh, i have i'm gonna i'm gonna have an ad here to tie it into um the goal of the of the episode the the corruption was like this person was instigating a lot of bizarre restrictions on financial spending of epica residents Mm. and by finding this person and basically kicking them out of the system um and exposing this corruption um they have opened up and uh, reversed those effects and paid the price of them by like giving those who were affected kind of like an additional stipend. So now cool. Thor has some money to spend on clothes. Nice. Yes, I like it. Yeah, that's good. And that benefits Bethany somehow. So, I mean, at this point, we're also we're each supposed to get a major Arcana card, I think. So um, I've just drawn two random cards from the deck and I'm going to give one to you and one to me. So I'm going to give you ooh, the strength card. I was thinking it was going to be strength, yeah. <laughs> Kismet. <laughs> and then um, I have the sun card. Oh, nice. Yay. Uh, now we go back to the second act, which is um, declaring little little things. And we do it in reverse order. So that means that you go first. Okay. Maybe bring in Dr. Baxter. Maybe... Um... Bethany takes Thor to uh, like a an art showing or something. Bethany takes Thor to the Museum of Modern Art. Uh, they've got an exhibition on. She takes him there, and then while they're there, this is when Doctor Baxter makes his entrance. So this would be trouble. So how are you causing trouble? So the declarer chooses one of the spot chooses one of the spotlights, dislikes. For the declares character to spark or trigger okay so th- this this can work i think so i mean yeah th- dr baxter is the epitome of not real he is fake he is a slivering con artist so yeah that's choosing the uh the, the dislike of people who aren't real yeah i'm i'm imagining thor invites him to the to the thing or like engages in conversation with him and like that's how like the trouble happens because mm-hmm. like your character has to be involved in it so like that's kind of what i'm imagining yeah okay um i mean bethany's a terrible judge of character yes but i assume thor is not so or a thor like has a better sense of this so maybe like thor 
it's like, hey, I don't like this guy. And then she's like, oh my god, yeah, I don't. <laughs> and then um, that's trouble, I guess, okay. maybe. So sure. Sure, that works. So you need to give me a card okay. for causing me trouble. Uh, uh, I would give you your queen back, but I, like you said, I need to have some earthly cards. Yeah, I think you should hold on to that. So I'll give you the nine of swords. Got it. And so now you're going to take a new card. Alrighty. Now my turn to de to declare a scene. Mm. Bear with me here. I have an idea. So I'm gonna I'm gonna declare a learning scene, and I'll I'll play off of the fact that we're at this at this museum with with uh, Doctor Baxter, and um, we're all we're both like ah, I don't know about this guy. Bethany's gonna say, "All right, I'm gonna teach you a trick. It's called learning to blend in with the crowd." Okay. Nice. And it's it's like a teaching scene, and it has to do with fashion because you have to like kind of blend in like visually as well so like y'all like I, I imagine that that Bethany takes Thor to like the the shop <laughs> like the souvenir shop yeah. and uh, they get like some kind of tool like clothes or like tourist clothes and like put them over them and then we go back in and Bethany goes through like the whole thing being like oh my god like look at that painting doesn't it look just so blank <laughs> just like trying to pretend that she doesn't understand how art works um <laughs> Yeah, you kind of learn a little bit more about like how to kind of read a room for like fashion sense or something, like a blend in. Nice. So if you agree, you need to remove a quality, but you cannot remove, like if you only have one negative quality, you can't remove that because you need to have a negative quality. But you can remove a quality and then add this uh, to your thing. Oh, is it is it too early to get rid of terrible fashion sense? Or is that okay? I mean, that's what we were aiming for. But for the sake of the story, I like. I feel like you can get rid of terrible fashion sense, but maybe you haven't gained complete fashion sense. You know what I mean? It's just not terrible. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he's 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 starting to get it. He's not. Yeah, it's not super fashionable, but at least he's not. You know, wearing suit trousers and you know a camo jacket anymore. Right. Now this does mean that you need to give me a card of your choice, but you do not get to draw another one. Okie dokie. I'll give you the Knight of Swords. Thanks. Now, uh, for the Bureau Aid stuff. So you were a Bureau Aid in the first act, mm -hmm. um, but I guess I drew the card for the second act for the Bureau Aid. So do you want to call this one? or? You go for it. You go for it. You have to. Okay, I will call. I'll go for it. Hmm. Okay. Um, the Bureau Aid is going to cause trouble for Thorpe. <laughs> hmm. One of Thor's dislikes is uh, people who multitask, mm. and what I'm picturing is that um, while all of this is going down, the bureau aide, Agent L, calls Thor and is trying to to confirm whether or not he got like his his funds from this kind of corruption reveal yeah. and so he's calling about this but like as thor is answering agent l is also like talking to someone else in the background so he's not like <laughs> really listening mm. and so like whenever thor tries to speak agent l is also like doing something else at the same time and whenever he comes back and thor is like has been cut off and then Agent L comes back and, and it's like, speak faster. Like what's wrong with you? Because Agent L is also impatient and having a bad day because you know, their organization is corrupt. So <laughs> they, they cause trouble for, for Thor in that That's way. That's definitely trouble. Yes. Yep. 
Okay, uh, I'm going to now give you a card then, which I guess will be a Major Arcana card. So, bam, you get a Hierophant. Oh, nice. Okay, I guess that's the end of Act 2. Okay, so for the third act, the Bureau Aid reveals a fake card and cross-references it with the Hope side of the Major Arcana chart. So we did Twist for the second act, and now we're doing Hope for the third. And and you have to do it with a scene involving any one character of their choice, except the central character. Okay, yeah. Maybe you should do that. <laughs> Especially if the only other character is Bethany. So yeah, yeah. the card that you drew is the Hermit, so you should check that out. Um, number nine and hope so you get a dream that you know will come true or some other clear vision draw three cards from the fate deck select one and place it face down aside from the fate deck you may want to put it in an envelope what <laughs> yeah in the next episode this will be the twist You're um may, you may well only... we're not we won't have time for another episode but mm. um, interesting interesting well um do we want to hint at a potential episode for these people that probably won't happen, but you never yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, draw three cards, choose one, and then we'll come up with a dream around the one chosen. Okay, um, I've chosen the Magician, the Emperor, and Justice. Okay. Are any of them speaking to you? Yeah, so um, I, think, I think this probably fits. So the Emperor... It mentions a down on the luck deity, so I think this is this is Loki. So this Ooh. Loki turning up to interfere and basically be a bit of a pain and kind of do his thing he has to do every decade or, or so and just make sure Thor is well and truly browbeaten and knows who's who's superior. Yeah, Loki's in planning on turning up just to cause hassle and be a pain. Mm. And Bethany has kind of a weird dream vision about Loki showing up. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Maybe um, the dream is about Loki showing Bethany round again an art exhibition because Bethany seems to be very much about the art. Um, right. It's either art or braiding. Maybe picture paintings of braidings. There you go. Loki, <laughs> Loki takes Bethany around this kind of dream museum and it's all paintings of braided hair. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. We have one more round of de of declarations to do, and then we have to do some complicated number stuff. So <laughs> let's, I mean, we go back into in regular order, which means that you are Bureau 8 again. So declare something okay. for yourself or for Bethany or however you want to do it. Yeah. So I'm wondering about a flashback. So the declare is the 8 here, isn't it? So a flashback with Bethany, how she met the 8. Um, and how Bethany came to be... Oh, she, obviously, she's got this deal with her aunt to get the nice place. Right. It looks like you can establish a new fact with a flashback. So how about Bethany's aunt knows Agent L from one of her rich people clubs? Maybe they play canasta, they play canasta together. There you go. That sounds like... <laughs> Love it. A rich people's clubs game. So okay. Yeah, yeah, Agent L is a... It's an old family friend-ish, but a friend of uh, Bethany's aunt, anyway. Great, I'm into it. And so maybe, maybe Bethany was like complaining about like being bored or something, and almost, you know, turning 25 and worrying about her, uh, you know, like oh my god, like what has she even done with her life? She's like almost like, you know, she's almost at her quarter-life crisis, and uh, <laughs> her aunt has said, 
you know, oh, you know, I heard about this this program. You should be involved, and I'll pay some of the the proceeds. And she, and Bethany was like, score. <laughs> so with a flashback, it says that. I can shuffle up the discard of the deck associated with the Declarer, which would be the Major Arcana deck, and draw two at random, one for the Spotlight and one for the Declarer. Uh, you know what? <laughs> because we haven't actually discarded too many cards, I'm tempted to just draw one from the Epica deck and one from the Earth deck and give like you an Earth one and me an Epica one. Seems fine to me. <laughs> I have given myself one, and you got the Queen of Cups. So now I guess it's my turn to declare. Yes, yes. I do declare. Bethany is going to show another kindness. Bethany, after having this weird dream about one of Thor's brothers, and <laughs> I mean, she's been around for a little while, and so she like hears a little bit about Thor's, I assume, relationship with his many, 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 many siblings. And she's like, well, I'm going to give you, like, a bit of a lift here. So, like, you know, you're, you're kind of learning how to uh, be okay at fashion. But, like, Bethany's like, but I want you to be great at fashion. And if you're great at fashion, like, you know what, you like, we can put you in some great outfits, and then you could model for me, and then I'll, like, paint you. So... She's going to choose, I guess I need to choose a quality to fulfill. I'm soothing your, like, youngest of nearly 400 siblings quality by doing this. So she's, like, taking you out uh, and is going to, (laughs) not that, like, she's, like, a master of fashion either, but she's going to get Thor, like, the Thor equivalent of, like, jeggings and tunic tops, (laughs) which is what she's wearing, which was what she wears, like, constantly. Okay, Um, Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that's going to be that. How do you feel about that? That's cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Great. So that means that you need to give me a card and then draw a new one for yourself to replace it. So cool. What you giving me? I'm going to give you uh, strength. Nice. I guess you get a major arcana card then. Yeah. You get judgment. Cool. Okay. Now it's your turn to declare. Okay. So he has just been helped out he's got some great jeggings going on um <laughs> and he's being painted which which definitely helps his ego and loki hasn't been painted by mortals no, not for centuries right so i wonder if, if if this is a good time for thor to have a introspection he's he's had some quite some moments he's he's been been shown how to blend in and you know he's he's learned quite a bit and now he's had a painting done and now he's starting to feel a bit more earthy he's starting to feel a, a bit more like he like he fits in i wonder if this is thor you know sitting there quietly um thinking you know i could get used to this and kind of starting to understand a bit more about earth and how he can fit in and also starting to think a bit more about how he can make his own stamp here on earth away from his billions of siblings you know being no longer having to worry worry about being bottom of the pecking order because he can be you know he can be someone here oh that's so nice um so you can discard one of your cards and draw from the deck that that came from cool okay wait that's it so that's that's the end of the declarations okay so uh and now we have to go into the outro so this is where stuff gets interesting with the outro, the Bureau Aid draws fate cards 
until their hand equals the number of players present, which will be two, mm -hmm. uh, and puts them face down in front of each player. Next, each of us are going to, we need to play pairs of Earth and Epica cards okay, to yeah. see if they achieved their dream or goal. Like it can be any number, but you want the cards to be high, like high in number, and also it needs to be a pair. So it has to be an Epica card and an Earth card together. You cannot play like one or the other. Yeah. As a reminder for which is which, uh, swords and wands are Epica and cups and pentacles are Earth. So we need to pick those up for ourselves and just have them ready. Huh. I managed to end up with queens, both of both my queens are earth queens. <laughs> nice. I have I have mostly epica cards. <laughs> okay, I have mine. Cool. Are you ready? Yeah. Great. Uh, I'll let me draw two fake cards, and now we have to go into the reveal. So I guess let's do you first. Okay, I'm basically playing all of the non-major arcana cards. So the two queens and the five right. of swords. Okay. We need to determine a tally. The initial value of the tally of your cards is equal to the sum of the highest earth and highest Africa card played plus one for each pair played. Yeah, so I think I hit 20. No, 21. 13 for a queen, seven for the swords, seven of swords, and plus one for playing an extra pair so i think 21. yeah i think that's 21. um and now we have to compare that to the value of the fate card which i chose which is yeah. the tower so okay. the value of the fate card uh is on that chart on the bottom there tower, you got a 16. wow so you succeeded you have to exceed the number on the major arcana card <laughs> it only goes up to 21 so i had a good chance <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good that means you gain an achievement. Yes, yeah. And with that achievement, you can mark any goal or dream. And it takes, oh, it takes three achievements to reach a goal and 10 mm. achievements to reach a dream. Excuse me, inflation. <laughs> um, I mean, that seems a little, well, like, it seems steep. But I guess if, you play, if you're playing this with a large group, you probably have higher numbers. Um, and you also probably play for longer. So maybe that's a thing. If I'm reading this right, he might, he might have got three. I'm reading this right, because you get one for success, and an additional one for being the central character, which Thor was. So that's oh, cool. oh, oh, and then you get for having worked your goal regime into at least one, two scenes. Yeah. We were working on your goal for at least, like, all the scenes. Yeah, so I reckon he, he got three achievements, so maybe he... Oh, yeah. Oh, so maybe Fantastic. He, he gained some fashion sense. You're fashionable. What is Thor's fashion sense? Oh, that's a good one. I think he... He's going to be wearing uh, sharp suits. He's he's gone he's gone all the way. He's just like you know, really nice sharp grey suits, well pressed white shirts, covering up all that kind of bulk and really nice tailored suits he gets made with that money he gets from the agency. Very smooth. Mm. Awesome. I mean, I'm just going to quickly. I'll try to breeze through mine. Um, I got the devil for my fake card, and uh, the number that I have is. 23 because i have the knight of swords and the nine of pentacles that's 13 plus 9 is 22 plus 1 because i had a second pairing so that's 23 Sweet. and i have to compare that to the devil card the fate <laughs> which is a 15 so that's an achievement mm -hmm. and then we kind of worked in the art into 
I'd say we worked into like one or two of the goals, right? I think two, at least two. Yeah. One or two. Well, okay. Which which goal? Hmm. Finding the perfect model for painting. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. If Thor has achieved a fashion sense, and Bethany has helped that out, she is maybe Thor becomes her perfect model for painting, and then like it's just like mutually beneficial. Yeah. <laughs> now now they spend their their roommate afternoons painting <laughs> yep. Yep. posing and painting amazing well that's gonna be the, the end of Melaf, i think i think that's the end of my exciting life with a fantasy foreigner cool interesting how did you feel about that yeah i enjoyed it it took me a little while to get into it i i think it was only in our third time through that i i noticed the keywords of declarer and spotlight <laughs> and they're very important words when you're doing this to know who's yes. going and who's the spotlight. Those words didn't sink in at, at first, so I quite like it. Would you play this again? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would play it probably with it's, more it's people too. But yeah, I think I'd probably play it with yeah. more people and probably probably over a, a much longer session as well. But the one thing I didn't get at first was so when I was kind of setting up that first scene with the kids, I thought there would be role play out that scene. It was more kind of describing the scenes and, you know, broadly kind of high level stuff rather than actually role playing through the scenes. Well, I think we could have role played the scenes, but it didn't, I guess the, we didn't kind of hit that vibe. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to kind of use the, the cues to kind of set things up and then play it out and see how it goes. Yeah, I feel like that's also something that with like more people, like it's a little bit more engaging because like <laughs> if it's only two people in a scene, then also you have like an audience. Um, I mean, we will have an audience to listen to this, but like an in public, like audience to witness it, a different experience. It was different. I liked it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, exploring this with me. I really appreciate it. And uh, obviously, thanks for being a guest on Gameplay Radio. Where should people go to uh, follow you and the RPGs that you're creating and learn more about what RPG Kitchen is doing and the progress there? I mean, obviously, you have things coming up in a couple months in more months beyond that so there's a lot to look forward to where should they follow you find you yeah so the best place at the moment is twitter it's rpg kitchen all one word on twitter uh, also got a website uh, rpg.kitchen it's one of those fancy domains it's not com it's just rpg.kitchen uh, take, take the website with a pinch of salt there's going to be a new one very soon but i i just didn't have the heart to put one of those under construction things up because it's just Take it with a pinch of salt. It, there's a brand new site coming soon um, with the fancy okay. and everything. Great. You heard it here first. Uh, go ahead and check that out. And um, in the meantime, thanks for listening to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, take care of yourselves. Uh, take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>